Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one delectable page of Talmud every day. And today's pages, Shabbat 140, 141, begin on a super appetizing note. The rabbis discuss what precisely methods of preparation are and aren't permitted on Shabbat so that you can make sure that you're not transgressing against one of the prohibitions of labor on Shabbat. But they're talking about the preparation of all sorts of things, separating an egg yolk from the egg white, for example, and mustard that is kneaded on Shabbat and is dissolved in wine or water. And the whole thing reads to anyone who is concerned or, shall I say, obsessed with food as slightly too familiar. Now, when I want to geek out about being obsessive with food preparation methods, there's really only one person I could talk to who doesn't laugh at me, who understands my aching soul. Hello, this show's producer and dear friend and fellow obsessive, Josh Cross. That may be your greatest introduction for me yet, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, we, we read here all kinds of things. With regard to mustard that one needed on Shabbat Eve, on the following day, Rav said, one may dissolve it in wine or water with a vessel, but not with his hand, as using a vessel diverges from the normal method of preparation. The whole thing is a love song to obsessive preparation. Josh, I know we both have, some would say a hobby, some would say an obsession, some medical professionals might say a mental illness, and that is coffee. How do you make your coffee, Josh? I think we've got to go back in time first before I can talk about how I make my coffee now. Because when I was a kid, you had your Mr. Coffee, the drip thing with the filter. You had chock full of nuts, which is what my grandparents used. My grandfather used to keep screws in the cans. It was bad. But then along the way, I met my wife. She's French. They do this thing called Nespresso, which is like the precursor to the Keurig machines, the little capsules. And that coffee was better because it was mass produced, but it was still pre-grounded in a thing. Then I learned the error of my ways. So first, I switched to using a French press. I had a friend who was a coffee aficionado, had been a a tester for some people. And he was like, no, 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 no. Put that machine away and just get some hot water and a big glass beaker, basically. And my coffee got better. And then I realized I was buying stale, gross coffee. So then I started buying fresh coffee at the place and had it ground for me. And then I realized that coffee still wasn't good enough because it was ground and roast weeks ago. So I started grinding it myself. And I had one of those little spinny blade grinders. And that was good. And that was better. But then I got even better. And I got a burr grinder. Now, everybody who's listening now who knows anything about making coffee but isn't completely obsessive is like, okay, you guys have gone to the craziness. I guarantee you we're at still before marginal returns or marginal increase in quality. So then I had a burr grinder. But there was still one little bit missing. I used to use a tea kettle, you know, an old-fashioned. It would boil. It would whistle. Can't do that. I now use, and you can make fun of me, a kettle that boils for the correct temperature which is about 200 degrees Fahrenheit. And my coffee that I make right now, and I spend maybe $30 every three weeks on fresh beans, is the best coffee you're going to get maybe north of your house because your coffee is pretty damn good too. But along the way, I had to discover each of those little different things that made it slightly better each way. Josh Cross, I cannot make fun of you because I use a Japanese gooseneck kettle 
that allows me to control the precise temperature within a half a degree, I use a Maser Mini, which is the kind of burr grinder that you see in, you know, espresso shops. And I also weigh everything obsessively with pretty accurate coffee scales. But when I started monitoring the pH levels of my coffee, that's when my wife said, I think you might have gone too far. So I understand this obsession now. Tell me, and more importantly, tell our listeners, because I think the rabbis really, really got it. At some point, Shmuel said, hey, if you mix your mustard by hand, it's kind of like donkey food. I mean, these guys were not messing about. Tell me not just about the quality of the coffee, which I will attest, because I've been to your house many times and drank your coffee many times. It's fantastic. But tell me about the pleasure of serving yourself a well-made, a carefully made, a carefully crafted labor of love cup of coffee. I mean, the end result winds up being really, really good. The flavor is great. But each step in the process, there is an actual bit of pleasure. Whether it's pouring the beans into the grinder and you get that initial smell, or you grind it and your whole kitchen then smells just like the beginnings of it. I, too, use a scoop that has weighted measurements. So, like, each step along the way... You're appreciating what you're about to do and paying attention to something that only takes five minutes for me to set up. But it's a sort of process that I use to start off every day and a routine of going through these steps that sort of sets up on a good path. And this, I believe, is precisely the kind of mindset that the rabbis would have us be in, the sort of meditative, contemplative paying attention to every step of the way and appreciating the fruits of your labor. Josh Cross, I can't wait to have coffee together again. Fingers up. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes, Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone, or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.